We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Hey everyone, before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level, or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack a Day Podcast. Happy Saturday, happy weekend, everybody. I am Jason Perrone of the Pack a Day Podcast and Game on Wisconsin, Pulse of the Pack and the Quick Slants Podcast, along with Mark Eckel of Packer Report and Paul Brettel of Dairyland Express and Cheesehead TV. Mark, back home on the East Coast, how is the weather outside? Beautiful, beautiful day here at the beaches. Um, 
it might hit 70. Uh, it could be the first in a while. It's, it's been, it's, it's teetering in the 60s right now, but they're, they're saying by, um, we're, we're doing, this is the early morning, uh, pack a day podcast this week. So by, by noon, by the time people are listening to this, it, it might be, I might be on the beach. How about that? And it take it takes it takes so very little. But if I lived that close, I would be out there too. Absolutely. I mean, I'm be, if I'm not on it, I'm going to be on the balcony looking at it, one or the other. <laughs> one or the other. And Paul Brettel, last time we we had we spoke about the weather, things were on the upturn. It was pushing forty. How are we looking in the Dairyland State of Wisconsin? Uh, we are still living the good life. It is mid forties today. We've lost oh. like ten inches of snow over the last two days. It's uh. It's good. Going to spend a little time outside today. Enjoy it. With the now, are you going shorts? You going? You going pants? <laughs> oh, not 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 quite that bold yet. But uh, you know, just some uh, you know jeans and a hoodie will be will be perfect. There you go. All right, there you go. Very good. Uh, Phoenix area. You know how we roll. Sunny and seventy. I feel like it's been the same story <laughs> this entire time. So cannot complain. But yes, we are rocking and rolling, and we're going to talk about some. We didn't now. We didn't get the news dump that we've been fortunate to have the past I couple weeks. It. I think I jinxed. Yeah, I don't know, Mark. We're disappointed with the, with all the abilities and magic that you've come up with over the past few weeks. But there was there were some sound bites, and we're going to talk about some. We're going to talk about some free agency stuff on this show, specifically Corey Lindsley, Aaron Jones, and then of course the obligatory update on. J.J. Watt, but we'll start with Corey Lindsley because he recently spoke to Sirius XM Radio. Paul, you wrote a piece about it at Dairyland Express, some of the comments that Lindsley made. Now, there's been a lot of debate about whether or not he's going to be back with the Packers. He's an all-pro center. He was an all-pro last year. He's obviously a guy that if you can or you do have on your offensive line, you feel a lot better about the offensive line as a whole, but the price tag is not going to be cheap for a player of Lindsley's caliber, even though he is pushing 30, but he's been a very productive part of the Green Bay Packers. His comments essentially boiled down to, uh, we're not shutting the door on any opportunities in terms of who we talk to and who we play for. Now, shutting the door would be with the Green Bay Packers, the team that he was currently with, but it doesn't sound like they've had any interaction. And Paul, you wrote about this recently, as I said, on Dairyland. Yeah, so it's pretty much what we've expected. There's nothing groundbreaking. We've just now heard it from Corey Lindsley himself. Um, yeah, the Packers haven't, and him haven't been, or his agent haven't been in contract talks. And one thing that I found surprising that we learned after the season, we knew there were reports going back to a year ago that Green Bay and Aaron Jones were in discussions. There weren't any reports, and there have been no rumblings that the Packers were even in any sort of talks with Corey Lindsley and his agent, um, which I was, you know, I guess I'm not surprised that he's leaving, given just the cap restraints. Uh, he's going to get a big and well-deserved payday. But just the fact that nothing surfaced, at least in discussions, now, it doesn't mean it didn't happen, but I'm still sh- uh, surprised that we didn't hear about anything. But the Packers are going to have to replace him now, and there is no replacing Corey Lindsley. But what we saw last year from this group is that Gudikins put together a, a deep unit. This team overcame injuries you know, all season long. Uh, Bakhtiari was out, obviously, at the end of the year. But before that, Corey Lindsley missed time. Rick Wagner was hurt. But no matter where they plugged and played, guys, this was still one of, if not the best offensive line units in football. And so, obviously, this is a a loss that they think that they can absorb and overcome. And based on what we've seen, I, I think they can as well. Like I said, individually, there's no replacing Lindsley. But the offensive line is, when it comes to success, it's oftentimes, you know, the sum of the parts. David Bakhtiari is the best left tackle in football, 
But if on the right side of the offensive line, you know, they have below average players, the offensive line as a whole is going to struggle. So that's why I say it's oftentimes the sum of the parts that leads to the success of the unit. And we've seen that the Packers have those parts. So now the big question is, who's going to fill that spot? Um, you know, is Jake Hansen, Lucas Patrick, Elton Jenkins. At this point, I would say leader in the clubhouse is Lucas Patrick. With Bakhtiari being injured, Elton Jenkins could very well start the year at one of the tackle spots. And Jake Hansen, we just haven't seen enough of him. You know, I'm not going to pretend like I know where he's at in his development, but he was cut at the end of the year before being re-signed for for this upcoming year. And typically teams aren't going to do that with players that they love. So as of now, I think Lucas Patrick is the leader in the clubhouse to fill that role moving forward. Yeah, and the reason why you you hope to hit on guys like Elton Jenkins is so you have some flexibility like this. The Packers have the option to let a an all-pro player walk because Elton Jenkins exists. He could play center. He can play all five positions on the offensive line, frankly, but he could play at center. He could play at tackle, and the Packers have options because of that. Mark, your thoughts on Lindsley's comments, and I guess I'll ask, I know that... Uh, that none of us are big Michigan guys, but I've also heard some very slight rumblings about the potential that John Runyon could also play center, which I, I don't think you throw him out there. He hasn't played center at all. But what do you know about him, and, and is that an option in your eyes? No. No, Runyon's a guard or a tackle. He's not a center. Um, I think, I, you know, first off, um, I, I, Lindsay's comments were great. I mean, he's being honest, and that was and that was fine. That's what you you appreciate that from a player. He you know he's, he's said you know we haven't talked, and you know I'm not closing the door obviously because he probably would like most players from 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 my dealings, unless there was something that happened to you personally along the way. I would say, oh God, nine out of ten players that I've dealt with prefer to stay where they where they are. Look at the team's good. I mean, you know, the Packers. Corey Lindsay has been on, has been on, has won a lot of games as a Green Bay Packer. Been to the playoffs a lot. Yeah, in a perfect world, he would love to stay. To you know, sign another four or five year deal with the Packers and play it out and, and never play anywhere else. I would say most players feel that way. Um, but it's it's a bit you know with the salary cap that does just can't happen. You can't keep everybody, um, and they are prepared. I mean. I think Jenkins was drafted with – listen, everything this team does now is with an eye to the future. They don't draft for now. I think we've, if you haven't figured that out yet, you haven't been, been paying attention. Gary wasn't drafted to play as a rookie. He was drafted knowing that they were, they were going to let some guys go and he, and he would move in. The only one that played immediately was, was Alexander. And we and we know why because he's really good. And then Jenkins, Jenkins wasn't even supposed to play right away, if you remember, right? And the Lane Lane Taylor got got hurt, and he went out there, and he was, and they were like, "Wow, you know." Um, and what you said before about um, Jenkins can play all five. I wish he could. I wish we could put five Alton Jenkins out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that'd be a great line. Um, but yeah, so Jenkins was. I, I think Jenkins was drafted to replace Lindsay now. You're right, Paul. With with back the Ari being out, we don't know what they're going to do um, at at tackle. Um, he will be back. Let's not he, you know back the Ari's not going to miss the season. Hopefully, right. he only misses a couple games. Um, but when he comes back, I think I think there's a real good chance that um, Jenkins is your center. 
and then some combination of Patrick, Runyon, um, the kid from Indiana, um, Stepaniak, Stepaniak, and maybe even this, this Ben Braden, who they added a year to. Although I, I think they they look at him as a as a solid backup. So you know, and Lindsley, you know, I love him. Yes, I would love him to be back here, just like he would love to be a Packer for the next whatever many years. In a perfect world, sure, I would love to have him back, but it's not going to happen. They, the Packers are they're, they're still over the cap. They're not even they they still have to make moves to get even. And he's he's going to be thirty. He's got a chronic back issue now. That's not good for an offensive lineman. So I don't think I want to give big money to a guy that who knows where he's going to be. Maybe not in twenty twenty one, but twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three. If that back keeps getting worse, you know. And you're stuck with a you know a bad deal with them now. I mean, do do you think the Chargers are happy they signed Brian Belaga to that deal? Man, the Chargers are probably one of the least talked about teams in the NFL. I don't feel like I I, I don't feel like I heard a thing about Belaga or the Chargers. He got hurt. Yeah, he got hurt, missed half the year. Right, right. Well, and that's the thing too that you can fall off a cliff really quickly. And guys, I look back to that Indy game. Do you remember how he walked off the field in Indianapolis? I thought his season was over. He looked like just he was he could barely walk, and it's a miracle and the remarkable advances that physical therapy and medicine have made that got him on the field and he actually was on, played the rest of the of the year. He, he you know I think he he no he's a tough guy. He's a tough guy. He's a tough guy, but you can fall off a, to your point, Mark. I think you can fall off a cliff very quickly when you're approaching 30, and you yep. said, you know, do you think the Packers don't want to get stuck with that deal? I mean, the Packers just don't do bad deals, almost to the point where I think they'll err on the wrong side of things just because they don't want to be on the bad side of of a deal and, and let a guy go too soon, I guess. But this is that tipping point. And with what it's going to cost to bring in Corey Lindsley and when you've already got like you guys said, when you've already got Elton Jenkins, the fiscally responsible thing, and this is also a bad year for an all-pro to be a free agent because there's not a lot of money to be thrown around, yeah. at least as far as we know. So I There think, are some teams, some, the bad teams, I mean, and again, this is a tough decision for a guy like Lindsley, like I said, who, who basically played on good teams. And Packers had those two off years, one year when Rodgers got hurt, and the other year when, when McCarthy was fired. But other than that, they've been a playoff team, right? I mean, Lindsley's been fortunate. To, he's used to winning. He's used to going to the playoffs and, and, and advancing in the playoffs. Four NFC championships since he started. Yeah. Does he now? If, if his best offer, and it's a, and, and it's a great offer. It's whatever many. It's the highest paid center in football. Comes from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Do you want to go to? I mean, it depends on him. Is, is it about the money or is it about trying to win? Because there are bad teams with plenty of money, like Jacksonville. Jacksonville's got a ton of money. Do you take a chance and say, all right, I'll go for the money and maybe this team gets better in a couple years? You know, they will have Trevor Lawrence a quarter. At least I'm, I'll be snapping to a, to a pretty good quarterback, hopefully. Um, I mean, that, that's a decision for him and his agent. But Well, for him, not his I mean, he tells the agent what to do, but... Right. Yeah, I think it's that that's a good debate there. And you learn a lot about players and what it is that they want. I mean, I have I've I've long been a supporter and a fan of Corey Lindsley. He's done a lot of good things for the oh, Packers. Great but, player. Great player. But I great but pick. I but I, 
I, but I think if you're putting me on the spot right now and saying, do you or don't you? And I wrote about this in my If I Were Goody piece over at Game On Wisconsin, where I teamed up with a, a couple writers and we each took a turn at, at being Brian Gutekunst and making decisions on some of these pending free agents, who to go after and all that other kind of stuff. I think the Packers have to, you got to let Lindsley do what he does. If he can find a great deal and go somewhere else and get paid, go for it. You don't shut the door, but it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, I guess he didn't get the market that he thought he would. Now, I don't see that happening, like you said, Mark, with the money that's out there and some teams have and an all-pro center. It just doesn't seem like he's the type of guy that's not going to – his phone's not going to ring. But I, I would probably say I think I think the Packers have to – they have to make a money decision here, and I think I'm leaning more towards – I don't pick up that phone until a little bit later in the process. Paul, what was your, your ultimate take? Not to give away your whole article if you if you talked about that, but what would be your your – decision on that if it's you uh, I mean I think that I think it's the writings on the wall he's he's not going to be back in a perfect world if they could you know find a way to bring him back obviously I'd, I'd love that like I said this is the best offensive line unit in football last season uh, as we saw in the NFC championship the Super Bowl the, the game of football has changed a lot over the years, but games are still won and lost in the trenches. So if you had the opportunity to bring back the entire offensive line, like I said, as one of the best in the game, you do so. But you can only pay so many people. Uh, Rodgers is still coming in with a large cap hit. They just paid Bakhtiari. Uh, Kenny Clark, Zadarius Smith is still uh, you know, coming with a large cap hit on his deal. Devontae Adams needs to be extended. You can't pay everybody, unfortunately. Uh, the fact that the Packers have these decisions to make, they're difficult ones, but it's also a good sign that means that they're, they have, they're drafting and bringing in good players as well. So I think, like I said in the article, it's not a surprise, any of this news, but it's just, if anything, if there was that sliver of hope that maybe some of us were hanging on to, that they could somehow make it work, this pretty much just shut the door on that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a it's a tough call, but the Packers have that versatility and they've got some young guys that they can plug in there. Plus, there's a draft coming up. Now you don't you don't necessarily want to count on draft picks and I I believe from what I understand and Mark, you've got a little bit of an ear still to the inside of the NFL, but I believe there's still COVID restrictions on team gatherings for mini camps and whatnot, is there not? I I guess as of today, hopefully as we go forward and you know more people get vaccinated. Things are opening around the country here and there. I mean, they're talking about fans going to baseball games in the in the spring, and you know, hopefully, hopefully the 2021 preseason will be more like 2019 and 2020. They'll you know they'll actually be a mini camp and a you know a real training camp and some preseason games. But I think the Packers will definitely. Uh, I shouldn't say definitely because with with this front office, you, you say definitely and you look bad. I would I would think they will likely draft a center somewhere in the on the third day, whether it's you know they they're, they're going to have some extra fourth fifth sixth round picks for um, those compensatory picks, so I think they'll add a I think Hanson's a lot. I mean I don't I'm not counting on Hanson, but and you have Jenkins and Patrick Patrick, I think they'll be eventually try to get better than than Patrick there, get a guy in. You know, one other thing I wanted to add, Mark, as you pointed out, the Packers they draft not for today but for tomorrow, and they've been drafting, you know, in preparation for Lindsley's absence. Right. And Jenkins, the three interior players that they selected last year, um, giving Lucas Patrick 
a contract extension, which at the right. time I think surprised most people. You know, he can play center. Uh, Jansen, right. Jenkins can play center. They have extra depth at the guard positions with Runyon and Stepaniak in case, you know, they have to move Jenkins over. So they've been preparing the last two years yeah. for this potential, you know, move to happen where Lindsley isn't re-signed. Yeah, it's not like the Packers don't know what, like, Oh, Lindsay's a free agent. We didn't. Oh shit, we didn't know that. No, they, <laughs> they know what they they have. They know they know exactly when everybody's coming up and what you know. They're they're well aware of this. So yeah, they and they are. I'll say this about the Packers. Like as we said earlier, they're they're nothing surprises them. Nothing. They're prepared. They are very prepared. Now they like you said. They, is every move the right one? No, of course not. No, no team makes every. You know they they draft guys that that don't turn out as well as they expected. Um, they all make draft mistakes, but but it's not from a lack of trying. I mean, they, they you know, like we don't know about all these linemen that they drafted. I mean, obviously, Runyon played well in spurts last year, so he looks like the best of the three. Hanson looks like the worst of the three because he, he didn't even make the roster. So, um, But again, if you, if you hit on one or two out of three six-round picks, that's still pretty good. I mean, Ron, Ron, Ron Wolf said way back when, if one out of three, if in your draft, if one out of three turn out to be a player, that's a good. So that, that, that that's a good draft. So if you have nine picks and you get three good ones, and Ron Wolf size, that was good. Right. So yeah, I mean, but yeah, they they know they they're they they prepared themselves for Corey Lindsay leaving, and I think that's why they if it, if in fact they haven't talked at all, it's because they know they're not going to be able to match what he's going to get. And they're prepared to move on from them. Yeah, the other the other thing too is, and we've talked about this last week. You know, the other option not to continue to to grind on a, a topic. I think we all agree on, and we can kind of see where it's where it's headed with the Packers. But if Lucas Patrick can play center, and the Packers do feel comfortable there, and you're going to use Elton Jenkins at one of the tackle spots. Lane Taylor sitting out there, and if they don't, if they don't like what they draft, or they just don't end up getting what they want in free agency, or things just don't fall the way they had hoped, you, you bring back Lane Taylor, and now you've got a guard, you got Billy Turner. The Packers just have too many, too many other options to justify spending a ton of money on Corey Lindsley. I think, yep. I think we're we're. You know, we we tend to get a little bit emotional, and I don't use that term in a in an exact sense, but. Like you said, Lindsley's been a big part of this team for the last eight eight years, seven or eight years, and he's been a part of four NFC Championship uh, appearances. So he's done a lot of really good things. But I think I think we can see where where this one is headed. But in switching gears a little bit, we gotta we gotta give the latest and greatest on what is going on with JJ Watt. JJ Watt is not a Green Bay Packer, but he is a free agent and he is eligible to sign with any NFL team. So the latest that I heard, and you guys chime in if you've heard anything more recent, but it sounds like the Packers are still one of a smaller number of teams that we know of that are interested in and that J.J. Watt is interested in playing for. He's put out some very cryptic tweets, and nobody knows what he's talking about when he sends it out. I think he tweeted free agency is wild, and everybody went crazy a couple of days ago. I mean, you know, Mark, I have to start with you because it's this whole advent of social media and how different it's made free agency and all this other thing, and people getting the news and how it gets disseminated and what gets talked about and whether it's valid or not. And it comes directly from the players. And I mean, you used to have that special access to the players and actually knew 
what the heck was going on. So what is your latest take on J.J. Watt? And, and you actually, to plug it a little bit too, contributing to the Cheesehead TV draft guy this year and are doing some work on interior defensive line prospects too. So how might that factor into your take on the J.J. Watt situation? Well, it doesn't, but uh, that's something thanks for the plug. Um, now, J.J. Watt, it's up to him. And basically, I mean, again, it's, you know, I don't believe anything, especially on, you know, on social media sites. I mean, it was, oh, Cleveland, Cleveland's around. That's where he's going. Cleveland loves him. He likes, he wants to go to, and now, and now, you know, oh, now it's, oh, it's Buffalo, Green Bay. It's all, they don't know. People, I mean, listen, I'm, nobody knows. J.J. J. J. Watt doesn't know where he's going. So how does anybody from ESPN know where he's going? You know what I'm saying? It's so, just read it and. If you want to, I don't even read that stuff. I just laugh, I laugh at it more than anything else. Um, I mean, it's up to what Green Bay is not going to be able to pay him as much as he probably deserves for the reasons we just talked about. They're still over the cap, and until they make some moves to get down, to, you know, under the cap, they, you know, they, they, <laughs> they're just not going to be able to pay. They're not going to pay him. Well, I mean, they'll pay him something, obviously. They're not going to play for free, but other teams could offer more. So it's up to J.J. Watt. Does he want him, you know, his money? Just like we were saying about Lindsay going to maybe a Jacksonville. Does Watt want to play for his hometown team, the team he grew up rooting for, and have a chance to go to a Super Bowl? Or does he want to go to another team that, you know, might might still be good? Tennessee's a good team if they, they're, they're one of the rumors. Um, it's just you know try to beat his old team twice. I don't you know that that's a possibility there too. Or does he want to? Is it just all about them? Now he said, if you believe him, he said number one was a good quarterback. He wanted to play on a team with a good quarterback. Number two was the rest of the roster, and then number three was money. He didn't mention you know going back home. I don't know how. And again. That's the, everyone thinks players like to go home. I remember talking to Troy Vincent, who came, who did come home and signed. He was he was with the Miami Dolphins, signed as a free agent with the Eagles, and then spent most of his his career with the Eagles. He he always says, you know, it is it is it's nice coming home, but all, but it's kind of a pain being home sometimes. All of a sudden, you you know, all your second and third distant cousins come out of the woodwork wanting tickets. Uh, you know, friends, and, oh, yeah, you know, everybody's your friend now. It's not as easy playing in your hometown or your home state as fans think it is. It's not. It's not all great. It, there are some. There are some good things about it, but there's a lot of annoyances. I'll say. And and a lot of those annoyances, I, I totally get that. And a lot of those annoyances are are kind of off the field, and you don't really think about it. Yeah. yeah and it, oh, they're all off. The field. The other, the other thing, too, about this whole free agency thing, and, and I guess I speak to it as, and we're all dads, Corey Lindsley, J.J. Watt, we're going to talk about Aaron Jones in a minute. They all have families, and it's it's not just give me the money and I'm going to go play wherever, and, hey, I'm taking the whole show to Jacksonville. I mean, you're moving your whole family. And if you've got that's kids. Why, it, yeah, that's why what I said earlier, because I'm sorry, you're sorry to interrupt it. Where I said players would like to spend their whole careers with one team. That's, yeah, that's, that's the main reason. Uh-huh. The wife and kids don't want to move. Well, and they have to. And if you have kids that are in school and you like the school district, those are those are that's a 
that's a real thing. You know, right. I'm, I moved around a lot when I was younger, and in some ways it was really difficult, and I remember having some really tough times dealing with it. And in a lot of other ways, it, it helped kind of shape some of who I am today in a, in a good way. So it can go both directions, but it is a disruption in the life of, of multiple people. I didn't move around through my career as a writer because I, for family reasons. So, yeah, and it, it, it could, like you said, it, it, there's pros and cons to every decision both an NFL player makes and a regular person makes. I mean, um, but yeah, but, but getting back to the crux of the, of the Watt situation, it's up to him. It really, I mean, I think I think any one of twenty some teams would love to have him. So it's up. It's really, in, it's all on him now. I mean, he can, and he's and he had the funny quote about it takes him an hour to pick up a, a, a Grubhub place or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, it's going to take a minute for him to pick an NFL team. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. That was kind of funny. Well, Paul, think about what Mark just said there. It's not just. Coming back to Wisconsin, where he grew up, played high school football, Pewaukee. You got the Wisconsin Badger connection. You want to talk about people coming out of the woodwork? I mean, he would he would definitely be up against it. But a week later, how are you feeling about the JJ Watt thing? I mean, the Packers obviously have some work to do just to get under the salary cap. So, do you think it's a situation where Green Bay knows already kind of what they're going to have to spend, and maybe they've already shared that with with Watt, yeah. and it's a little bit of a waiting game, or what? And and are you still on board with? with pursuing Watt, or have you changed your stance? I am still on board, um, and I think, I'm guessing by now the Packers have, you know, told them where they're thinking or whether it's exact or not, but at least an idea of what they could pay him, and just knowing how the Packers operate, they're not really going to budge on that. It just kind of, if there's an offer out there from them, that it is what it is, and it's up to J.J. Watt at this point. Um, One thing I wanted to address was there was that report from ESPN about um, he was offered a, in the $15, $16 million yeah. range or so, yeah. and a bunch of Packers fans, understandably so, automatically went to, oh, well, it's not going to happen. And at that range, no, it's not going to, and they shouldn't, to be honest, if he's going to demand that much. But there's like a dozen teams going after J.J. Watt, and because one of them offered $15, 16000000 million, that doesn't necessarily mean that Green Bay's out of it. We don't know who that team was. You know, if it was in the Denver Broncos, maybe, for example. Probably the Jets. Uh, just, yep, just to throw a name yeah, out there. No, you're right. Exactly. He's not going to go to one of those teams. So whether and whether that amounts there or not doesn't really matter. And then you start to wonder, you know, did of course, course who's leaking this information information's out there for a reason is it his agent to try to drive up some of the prices because bill huber had an article out uh, this past week as well saying where he talked to a source that said watt's not commanding near that 16 17 million dollar mark that he would have earned in houston this year so do you take it all with a grain of salt like mark said but i don't think that that one report is all doom and gloom for the packers and ultimately if they want jj watt they can go get jj watt if he's going to get ten, twelve million a year, the Packers can. They can, you know, restructure, make cuts, extensions, things like that. There's moves that can be made. It's not like this is an impossible task by any means. But of course, the added flexibility that you gain in 2021 to bring him in is flexibility that's lost in 22, 23. Who knows? Maybe 24. So it's just weighing those pros and cons of. Is it worth it at this amount? What needs to be done? What do we lose in the future? What are we gaining now? But the Packers can bring him in if they really want to. And so 
there's I feel like there's always news about JJ Watt, but in the end, my thought on this situation really hasn't changed. Like I said, for the money reasons, I think that 15, 16 million was set out on per, was leaked out on purpose. And then the big things, if his criteria, like Mark said, is quarterback supporting cast and then money, the Green Bay Packers easily check those first two boxes. They have Aaron Rodgers, the the league MVP. You know, if we compare it to Tennessee and Buffalo, you give the Packers the edge in that category, at least in 2021. I know Josh Allen's an ascending player, had a really nice year. Uh, defenses, they were all the Packers and Bills, DVOA, points per game. They were both around league average. Tennessee was... You know, they were towards the bottom in both those categories. But you look at the Packers' supporting cast. I mean, coming in, playing with Zadarius Smith, Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark, Jair, Amos, and Savage made up, you know, the best safety duo over the second half of the, the NFL season. I mean, there's a lot of talent on that side of the ball that hasn't consistently turned into, you know, impressive defensive numbers. So the money is the big one. Both Tennessee and Buffalo have more cap space than the Green Bay Packers do. But like I said, if Green Bay wants them, they can do things to go and get them. It's just, is it worth it for the, you know, what you lose in the future? Yeah, and no, I, even the present, even the present. I mean, mm-hmm. if JJ Watt was a cornerback, I'd be much more excited about him. And that's the thing, though, is they're going to have to corner more, they need than, more than they need a defensive line. That's exactly where I was just going to go. And you, in order to get that corner, you're not going to rely on the draft. If the Packers are relying on the draft, that's a terrible strategy because you don't know who you're going to get to pick. So the Packers are going to have to sign a veteran cornerback. It's a premier position in the NFL. They're going to have to pay something for it. I'm not saying they're going to break the bank. They don't have to go out and get, you know, the the top free agent candidate out there and and you know go after a Richard Sherman and his prime type of guy. Not Richard Sherman right now, but they're going to have to pay for that. So they've got some money to allocate towards other positions of big need. So it's it's. Tom Silverstein wrote up, wrote about it earlier this week and or last week and said it's a little bit of a, a luxury type of situation for the Packers. It's a luxury that they may not be able to afford. I, th- I think there's some truth to that, but I also think there's some truth to the fact that the Packers are still in the mix. If they weren't, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is just using a bunch of teams in the mix for leverage and and to try to get them a few more dollars. But I think there's a little bit more. Uh, there's there's more fire to the smoke. That is the the JJ Watt is still, the Packers are still a candidate to land JJ Watt than maybe some others might. But that's the latest and greatest. There we mentioned. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. I don't. I mean, let me say it's broken. I don't know Watt personally at all. But and what we said about coming home and all that. I would think if this was like a scale, like um, you know, every team was going to pay him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Exact same amount, over the same amount. Like, you know, every team offered him three years, you know, whatever many millions. And so he had, you know, it was all the same. I think I think he would pick the Green Bay Packers. I was going to say that, that as well. That, that Paul said, you know, they have Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they have a lot of other good players on that defense that he would be a part of. Um, they're winning. I mean, you know, Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee was good, but Green Bay beat them by, what, 30 points when they played? I mean, um, yeah, Allen's a good young quarterback. J.J. Watt's not a good young quarterback. J.J. Watt's not isn't going to be around when when, when Allen's at his, at his peak. I mean, JJ, let's be honest, J.J. West's got a couple years left to, mm-hmm. to win a Super Bowl. So he's got to, I think, if he wants to win, he's got to sign with a team that's in win-now. Now, not, I shouldn't say that. Buffalo is in win-now mode, but Rodgers is, you know, this is... Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. I think in J.J. Watt's dream... Him and Aaron Rodgers ride off together with a Super Bowl trophy, right? I mean, that would be what a great ending to his career. I'm just speculating here, too, and obviously it's not the bulk of the reason for a decision that will be made, but I find it hard to believe that there isn't this part in his head, you know, growing up in Wisconsin. He's talked about how he'd come up to training camp, watch practices, root for the Packers, how running on the Lambeau field, playing in front of that crowd with the big G on the side of your helmet – I, I just find it hard to believe that there isn't some part of him that's just, you know, where that kind of takes hold a little bit. Well, for sure. Um, and like I said, it's not going to be the main decision, deciding factor for him, but that's something that the Packers have that, you know, maybe I'm wrong. J.J. Watt, just let me know. He can find me on Twitter. But uh, I find it hard to believe that J.J. <laughs> Watt grew up thinking about, you know, running onto the field in Tennessee. Or at, at, <laughs> at Paul underscore Brettel on Twitter. Yep. Find me. Well, maybe if he signs with the Bills, maybe it's just you know Green Bay isn't quite cold enough for him. <laughs> right. And the thing with the money is that might be three on his list, but we don't know what that means. Like if one team offers him twelve a year and the Packers are eleven, is it okay? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll sacrifice a million. But what's the line? Is it two million? Is it three million? Like that's the part we don't know. That's right. just very open ended. And with, and and just topping with what you said earlier, Jason, from my history following the Packers and contracts and all that kind of stuff, they make what they feel is a fair offer. Like, the Packers don't, for the most part, they don't, they're not one of them teams that start you off with a low ball and then they mm-hmm. work. No, they, they decide, and especially with their own players, so I'm, I'm pretty sure that they, they do it with free agents as well. They just they have a number that they feel J.J. Watt is worth to them. Now, maybe he's worth more to other teams that have more to 
they, and they've given, if they've talked to his agent, which they probably have, they've given that number. Listen, this is the most we can. Don't come, we're not going to go back and forth on this. This is what we can do. If this is good for him, we'd love to have him. But we're not, but don't call us back and tell us Tennessee offered this and mm-hmm. the, the, the Jets offered. We don't care. This is what we can offer. If you can afford, if, if he wants to play for this, you know, we got a number, we got 99s waiting for him, you know, whatever. So, that's what they. That's kind of how they've operated for for years, and I don't see them changing up for JJ Watt. Right. No, I. They're not going to. It's still Russ Ball. It's still Russ Ball. It's still Goody. They have those ties to Ted Thompson. They've been doing business this way for a long time. And oh, it's, it's going back and to Wolf. It goes back. And goes back to Wolf. And it's hard to argue with because thirty years in the thirty years in the making here, the Packers have had very few bad seasons and very fewer worse. Financial contract decisions. Now that Mike Sherman's not making those, those and it, calls and it's anymore. It's a fair way. It, it, let me just say, because I've done and I've, it, it was one of the worst parts of my job was dealing with this stuff. I hated the contract because they, they, they go and they back then, like used to be pre Twitter days and pre players having their own way of getting it, getting information out. They used us to get their sides out, both mm-hmm. sides. Oh and sure. And I, and I hated. I hate. I, and I knew I was being played, but you had to play. So you know, you know, I'd get information from someone. That, oh, this guy's crazy. He thinks he's going to get this. We're not. No one's going. And then the play. Oh, this team's all balling. Like, uh, just, just sign already, would you? You know. But um, the Packers are fair. I mean, they're they they're. And I've had agents tell me this. They're one of the fairest. You know where you stand when you're dealing with the Green Bay Packers. I've I've, I've had that line re- repeated to me numerous times from from agents. They're one team that you know where you stand. Now maybe. They don't, but the player doesn't always sign with Green Bay because some other team overpaid their guy, you know, and that's and good for the good for the player. But Green Bay doesn't isn't going to play games. They're going to give you an offer that they feel is their best offer, and you either take it or you don't. Right, and I don't, I, and I'm fine with it. Like I said, we have enough sample size to know the pack, Packers are operating pretty well and making some pretty good decisions. They're not leaving themselves in a in any kind of major. Holes, so they'll do what they can. If J.J. Watt ends up a Packer, and these situations have, have, have happened, I feel like there's always one big free agent target or trade target or something like that every single season, and very rarely does it happen. But just remember, there's only going to be one. It's like winning the Super Bowl. There's only one team that wins the Super Bowl. There's 31 other teams that are disappointed and don't get the championship. They don't get the player. The Packers aren't unique in that if they don't get J.J. Watt, that they blew it. or I don't I don't believe in any of that kind of stuff there. It's it. It's, and there's going to be a lot more guys coming free. Yep. It, yep. There's going to be there's going to be a lot. Well, one of them is our is is Green Bay's own. It's a running back, and it's Aaron Jones. And Aaron Jones, there was a while back. We've talked about Jones early on in the in the, the conversations before last season even ended. It sounded like there were some discussions that were happening between the Packers and Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones fired his agent, hired Drew Rosenhaus. He's a running back. It's the running back contract decision. We've talked about it a little bit, but it's been a while since we've we've re-upped on on Aaron Jones. I have to tell you guys, for me, I was a fan of make it happen, find a way, keeping me such a dynamic part of this offense. But the more that I stop and think about it and the season's over and the emotion gets wears off and you, you look at it from a more rational standpoint, there is very little history to suggest that the Packers should open up the checkbook for Aaron Jones. And if he's going to ask for some of the kind of money I've heard reported out there, you know, north of 13, 14 million a season, and his talent is is there. He's definitely talented. His 2019 season is hard to argue with. He led the league in touchdowns. 
He's been a very productive player, a very dynamic player. The Packers probably didn't even see him coming when they drafted him in, what, the fifth round in 2017. But it just, if you want to talk about the, making a smart financial decision, what basis is there, Paul, I'll start with you, on the Packers dropping that kind of money for a running back when, when we've seen the Melvin Gordons, the Todd Gurleys, the Zeke Elliotts, that those types of contracts happen and and what the and Leonard Fournette and and we'll see what happens with Dalvin Cook and the Minnesota Vikings and what that does to the team. I mean, there really isn't. There's very little evidence of of that working out. And as fantastic as Jones has been, especially in the Lafleur system, like he's tailor made for what Matt Lafleur wants to do. Uh, out of the backfield as a pass catcher. He's a solid pass blocker. Line him up in the slot out wide, of course, his ability as a running back. He's tailor-made for this offense. But with the reports, I think there were some recently, and whether they were leaked or not by the agent, again, who knows. But there are reports that he might be looking in the 12 13 maybe even $14 million per year range. Uh, and that's just... <laughs> that's just way too much to pay, especially in a in an off season where the sh- salary cap is shrinking. You know, go spend a few million less than that and resign Corey Lindsley if if that's what you're looking to pay. But there's just no evidence, or not no evidence, but very little evidence that paying the running back position, you know, handsomely has worked out for teams. These numbers, I uh, I think I've talked about them on here before, but over last summer I looked at running backs in the, of Super Bowl winning teams and since like 2014 I went back and looked at which running back on the Super Bowl ro- winning roster had the most carries that year the average cap hit I believe or not average the highest cap hit I think was James White and it was like two and a half million dollars three million dollars like it, the proof's there you don't have to spend time there, there, there the Patriots backs. go again busting all the trends <laughs> and all the rumors but you're right Paul you're right the proof's there. You don't have to go spend top dollar on a running back. And, I mean, Aaron Jones is a perfect proof of that. So is Jamal Williams. Those were fourth and fifth round picks yep. turned into one of the best duo running back duos in the NFL. I think, the, like I said earlier, the Packers were reaching out to Jones. If, you know, if there was the opportunity maybe to get, you know, like Austin Eckler's deal, I think he did four years, like $25 million in the $7, $8 million per year range. You know, if they could have got Jones maybe a little more at that. But Jones is, you know, proven to be a better player, obviously. But I think that's kind of where the ballpark, and that's just me guessing, that the Packers were looking. You know, you get down to eight, nine million. That's more reasonable to pay the running back, especially with how important Jones is to the offense. And and honest, especially in 2019, when the offense wasn't clicking as much as they did this past year, this group just looked different when he was on the field. He was just that much of a difference maker. But running backs, you know, that's the most replaceable position in football. The Packers, they just spent a second-round pick on A.J. Dillon. They didn't do that for nothing. They have 10 draft picks. They can go draft, you know, two more day three guys. They have Patrick Taylor on the practice squad last year who they signed as an undrafted rookie out of Memphis. He's a good runner, another solid pass catcher. So, And in the Lafleur offense, he makes life a lot easier on running backs, receivers, and tight ends, uh, just given his scheme and the the ability that he that he brings as a play caller. So I never really thought that it was in the cards. Obviously I hoped it was. I would love to have Aaron Jones back. He's like Lindsley where he's just he's just a guy you love to root for and he means so much to this team. So from that side of it, of course you want him to be back, but from a football standpoint, a financial standpoint, unless Jones was going to take a significant pay cut, which he shouldn't, running backs have such a finite amount of time to make their money already. He should go get every dollar he can. He's deserved it. He's earned it. But it's just not going to be in Green Bay. 
it's a tough proposition too, and this goes right back to Mark's point earlier. Yeah, Aaron Jones has been underpaid for what he's done on the field, but if you want to get paid as a running back now, if you want to get paid as a running back, and especially this year, unfortunately, again, tough year to be a free agent because the salary cap is is not doing its normal thing, which is increasing even if marginally it's going to go down. You're going to probably have to go if you want to take the money, you probably have to go play for a team that's not very good, Mark. No, there's something. He's going to go to Miami. Apparently, it's already a done deal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's not tampering at all. Um, no, Jones will get paid and well deserved. And he, like you said, he he didn't he he's made nothing compared to by NFL standards because because he was a fifth round pick. But you don't pay running smart teams don't pay running backs. So he'll go to yeah he'll go to some dumb team that'll overpay for a running back and you know he, they may make the playoffs every once and again but you you just I mean for the same reason you you don't draft running backs high you don't pay them because and it's I I don't you know running backs are going to hate me but <laughs> you just don't like you said the highest cap hit was two point million two point some million for a running back the Eagles won the Super Bowl with Corey Clement as their main running back in that game. Corey Clement, undrafted out of Wisconsin. Right, undrafted. And who's that? now I think he's out of the league. I mean, um, it, 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 running, who cares? You, like, yeah, Aaron Jones is a great fit for, for Matt LaFleur as often. Well, guess what? There'll be, there'll be another guy that's a great fit for Matt LaFleur's offense. I mean, there, you just take one every – I would take a running back every other year in like the fourth or fifth round, every other year, whether I needed him or not. Just take one. And get rid of because I would never give a running back another contract. I would never give or not a, not a big. I mean, I'd give a, a marginal deal maybe, you know. But I'm not I'm not paying big money for a run. I'm just not. There's not enough money to go around to, to waste it on a on a position that, as Paul said, is easily filled. And the Packers filled. They're they got a fourth round pick. And I thought they took AJ Dillon too too high. I thought a second round pick was too high. But but the day they the moment they announced. The Green Bay Packers select AJ Dillon. I said, "Well, they're not re-signing Aaron Jones next year. You know, they're not. You don't spend a second-round pick on a guy to be a backup." AJ again, plan. What's that? I was going to say again, planning for the future. Right. They, have, like I said earlier, if you haven't figured out the way the Packers draft, <laughs> you're not paying attention to the Packers draft. They don't. Every move they make is for down the road, and the road's here now for running back. They again, they weren't surprised that. Aaron Jones is a free agent this year. They didn't that didn't sneak up on him. So, you know, they, they took Dylan with the he's gonna be the guy next AJ Dillon has to be the, the the premier back for the Packers next year. They they didn't and we saw the one game he played, he looked pretty darn darn good as a as a as a back, right? He he looked pretty good in Matt LaFleur's offense. Absolutely. So yeah, there's no way I I mean I I can't I I was surprised there was they were even talking during the year. Um, well, and the, the other thing, too, is and this is very ancillary because I don't know how much this factors into Brian Gutekunst's thinking. I think Ted Thompson was always labeled as one that placed a very, very uh, val- heavy weight on this, and it was valuable to him. But you also have to think about, hey, if, if Aaron Jones goes somewhere else, yeah, you're losing a great dynamic offensive player, but it's part of the compensatory formula then, and you're going to get something back potentially for it down the road, even if it's a fifth-round pick, who's obviously Aaron Jones is worth more than a fifth-round pick, but 
that's that's another part of another small part of the argument there too in the pros and cons list. Yeah, that's that's the small part. I mean, yeah, no, that that, that could be. They'll probably get, they could get as much as a third round pick for him, maybe depending on how much he signs for. And I, no one knows how that works. I, I I have covered it for years. I still don't know exactly how they determine what those compensatory picks are. Is it all based off the money they get, or is it based off how they play? I don't know. It's, they don't, and nobody will tell you either if you ask. Um, but I mean, listen. Great. There's been a lot of great running backs in this league over the last whatever many years, but none of them. Have, I mean, Adrian Peterson's won one playoff game in his, in his life. Well, and, and speaking of, I have to throw a dig in at the at the Vikings before we sign off here. So the the Vikings signed Dalvin Cook to that big deal, right? And he's a premier running back. Aaron Jones, I don't mm-hmm. think, is quite at the Dalvin Cook level. So okay, you pay you, you you pay what you you think is his value, and you want to keep him, and you pay him. In the minds of Vikings fans, and I'm being dead serious here for someone that lived in that locale for a year and a half, in the minds of Vikings fans, it was worth every single penny that the Vikings mm-hmm. paid Dalvin Cook, even though they didn't make the playoffs mm-hmm. and they had to make other moves simply because they beat the Packers one time last season. And I am dead serious that that they will they will look you in the eye and tell you that it was worth every penny that they paid Dalvin Cook because he beat the Packers one time. Didn't make the playoffs. They they lost other players, didn't weren't able to sign other players, this and that. Dead serious. So that's my dig at, at the Vikings for paying a running back and because I think yeah, Cook, just, Cook was the most recent big running back deal in the league, wasn't he? I believe so. After yeah. Zeke. Let's look at the top paid running backs last year. McCaffrey and Panthers missed playoffs. Kamar in the same thing. And he missed half the season. More than yep. half the season. Zeke Elliott, Cowboys missed it. David Johnson, Texans missed it. Dalvin Cook, Vikings missed it. Henry and the Titans made it. Mixon and the Bengals missed it. Drake and the Cardinals missed it. Melvin Gordon, Broncos missed it. <laughs> there you go. So one made it, Henry. Yep. Yep, exactly. So yeah, that's great, and and they didn't and they they didn't, they didn't even get to the hey, Henry made it, but got knocked out in the second round, right? First round, they lost first round, didn't they? Baltimore beat yep. the first round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, and then the One Saints and Kamara lost in round two. Oh yes, I mean, it, you don't win with running backs. I mean, you need them, but you can get them anywhere. Like like we just said, Aaron Jones, fifth round pick, was one of the best in the league. You don't. One of the dumbest decisions in the, in the last ten years of football. What are, was the New York Giants taking Barkley with the second overall pick in that draft? That's just a ridiculously stupid pick. Mm-hmm. I mean, what have, they, what have they done since? Nothing. I mean, if you want to trade down at, at least or something, I mean, it, that was that was just so stupid. Right. You, just don't, you know, you don't take running backs that high, and you don't pay running backs that much. You, you, I, I can't go on enough about this. I mean. You can find them. You find them everywhere. Well, interestingly enough, I think before we started recording, we were talking about, hey, what's our take? Do we want to be surprised with how each other take, takes? And everyone said, well, I, and Mark, you said, I, I'm gonna, I'll probably be different from the other two. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, you I don't know. I, I was. I was firmly on the keep Jones, find a way. Like, he's the one that I really don't want to let walk. But the more I think about it and, and learn about the cap and the, the situation and all the things that the Packers need and, 
yeah, I, for me, it's a quick decision. And, and even in my, uh, you know, even in my, um, if I were Goody, I think I set a dollar amount and that's it. This is what the Packers typically do. So I think Aaron Jones is probably going to be running for someone else. Let's just hope that it's oh, not, yeah. hopefully it's not in the NFC North and he goes the somewhere. NFC Go Miami, in the NFC in general. Miami would be a perfect spot for him. Right. Good weather, no tax, no state tax. They'll be the guy. They'll make the playoffs. They'll lose in the first round. They'll be happy. Yeah, nice make weather. a lot of money. Yeah, South Beach. You can hang on South Beach. You can do everyone. He'll right. look good with those shades. Yeah, <laughs> you know, have two, you know, yeah, you know, that'd be great. I mean, again, I like Aaron, listen. Aaron Jones deserves a big pay. He does. He deserves a big payday because he made nothing for his first four years. But you can't. I, smart teams don't pay. Running back's a lot of money. I think we sweat. We've gone over and over. Now, with all that said, I would like to see him try to keep Jamal Williams somehow. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like, and and Jimmy Christensen's got a little bit of an inside because he's he speaks a lot to one of Jamal's trainers, and it sounds like the Packers and Jamal have had conversations. It hasn't really, really gotten out in the mainstream media, but I think there's been some conversations there. Jamal definitely wants to stay in Green Bay. Well, Jamal, that did get out. Jamal's quoted as saying, "I want to be a Packer for, for life." Mm. Yeah, but again, so. I'm not overpaying him. Right, and I don't think I don't think he commands. No, I don't think you have to though. I think I think Jamal is exactly the the right decision of the two. You keep Jamal Williams, you got the continuity there. AJ Dillon at least showed you something. Hopefully, he can stay healthy. If he can, the Packers are in good shape, and then they've got all those draft picks. Would be a good idea to draft a guy uh, if to be that gadget guy that gives you a little more than Tyler Irvin did, way more than Tavon Austin did. Maybe if you, if if you don't get a receiver that can return kicks, maybe you find a running back that can return kicks too. And they can be kind of a kind of a dual role type of a of a player. And Matt Lafleur, like you said, the Packers know what they're going to do. It's no surprise. Matt Lafleur knows what he wants, and Goody knows what Lafleur wants in the offense, and and the kind of player that they need to run the offense. So you got to trust the brain trust. I think the Packers will will be in good shape. But that was our free agent roundup for this week. Let's go around the horn with what's coming up at in the in the writing sector this week. Mark, what do we got going on over Packer Report? Um, I'm, I'm continuing the series I've been doing on scouting the Packers with the help of a longtime um, scout. We have the the defensive line, as you mentioned earlier, is up now. Next week will be um, outside linebackers and then inside linebackers and his thoughts on what the Packers have there, what they need there, and what they're going to do there. Good, meaty stuff from somebody that knows and watches the NFL. And then Paul Brittle over at Dairyland at Cheesehead. Yeah, so right now at Dairyland, I'm doing um, just kind of a prospects to know. So just an article highlighting some names that Packer fans should know for the upcoming draft. Uh, some recent ones. That Saturday today, I got one on Greg Newsom, the cornerback from Northwestern. His draft stock's on the rise after well, a really good 2020 season. Uh, and then I did one on Asante Samuel Jr. out of Florida State, another cornerback. And I have some others. I have some others sprinkled in there as well. And that Cheesehead TV on Friday, I took a look at why, and it's going to be difficult, but why the Packers really need to try to address the defense, the interior defensive line this offseason. We talked before the show, the draft class is not deep at all. Uh, some draft analysts call it one of the worst positions in this year's class. Free agency, we don't know how that's going to work out or how much the Packers are going to be able to dabble. But after not addressing it last season, the Packers are feeling the effects of this offseason. Mark, Asante Samuel played in Philly for a number of years. Good teammate, yeah, good guy? Couple. Yeah, not a bad guy. I still hold it against him because he dropped that interception 
against the Giants, and then two plays later, David Tyree made the greatest catch of all time. Cost me a ton of money. Um, <laughs> well, I was in a block pool, and I had the winning numbers for a lot of money. I mean, a lot of money. It was one of them, you scored every time the score changed this thing. Uh, I don't want to get into it, but catch the goddamn ball. That's on the But no, he's a good guy. His understanding was a good guy. and his, I like his son a lot. I like, we, we'll save this for another show, but the Packers need a, I think the Packers need a corner more than anything. I think most people agree with that now. There's a lot of, this is, as bad as the defensive line draft is, this might be one of the best corner drafts ever. And, and Asante Samuel Jr. is a name that has been, uh, been tied to the Packers quite a bit so far for what it's worth, which is not much in mock drafts and some of those other conversations. But there's a lot. I mean, there's more. There's my favorite players. Well, we'll save it for the cornerback show. Maybe, maybe soon we'll do it. We'll do a whole, whole cornerback show because there's a lot. There's I like about seven of them. If they got any one of them seven, I'd be I'd be thrilled. Yeah. Well, draft season is upon us, so it should be coming up pretty soon, and hopefully we get back on track and we get a news dump at, at, for next week's show. And oh, yeah, you know, we'll get some. We all know if we're getting closer to the start of the league year, so it's only going to get more and more likely that that will happen. But that's the scoop. Check out Mark and Paul's great work where they do all of their great writing. Everybody, this has been the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Be safe and go Pack Go. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.